Hey, hey, hey. Well, guess what? Congratulations. You are listening to a very special episode of The Wave Around. We know what comes up tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's Talladega. Well, the weekend actually starts today, but tomorrow, it's Talladega. On this special episode, we're going to talk about the spring race. We're going to talk about some history, and of course, we're going to talk about the winners right after this. What's going on, everybody? My name is J-Mac, and welcome to a very special episode of The Wave Around, your weekly podcast from the mind of an everyday average Joe, bringing you all things NASCAR and NASCAR-related. Today, we are going to talk about Talladega, and not just any race in Talladega, specifically the history of the Spring Cup race in Talladega. The Geico 500, that's right, that is the name right now of the race that's about to take place here tomorrow but before we get into that let's just remember all the previous names of this race y'all may remember it as the alabama 500 which was in 1970 71 through 93 we had the winston 500 and then it came back in 1997 it then it was known as the winston select 500 from 94 to 96 then we called it the Die Hard 500 from 98 to 2000. 2001, it was the Talladega 500. And then from 2002 to 2014, we called it the Aaron's 499. And now we know it as the Geico 500. All right, as we all know, it is a NASCAR Cup Series stock car race that is held at the Talladega Super Speedway in Lincoln, Alabama. This race is usually held in April or May. Just depends on the year, you know? This year, it's April. Alright, did you know that the 1997 event stands as the fastest NASCAR race to date ever ran with an average speed of 188.354 miles per hour? It was the first race at Talladega Super Speedway that was not interrupted by a caution period. All right, we can't we can't say that anymore because we have stage breaks and those count as cautions. But yeah, the '97 spring race was the first one at Talladega that was not interrupted by a caution period. Pretty cool, huh? This race, as we know, this spring race was was once known as the second leg of NASCAR's Grand Slam from 1970 until the result of the Frickle lawsuit in 2004. We're not going to talk about that. But still, it is considered to be the fifth crown jewel race, along with the Brickyard 400 and the three originals. The race has consistently been the second crown jewel event of the season, with the exceptions being 2014, when the Southern 500 was scheduled in April, and of course last year, when the race was postponed until June after the Coca-Cola 600 because of the damn current pandemic that we are in the geico 500 as the winston 500 back in the day was also previously part of the winston million if you guys can remember that was not too long ago right now ryan blaney is the defending winner of the spring race having won it last year those are just little factoids for you guys did some little research all right 
So, Jeff Gordon so far, Jeff Gordon has the most wins of the spring race with four. The most wins by a team is Hendrick Motorsports with eight. And the most wins by a manufacturer is Chevy with 20. Jeff Gordon has won in 2000, 2004, 2005, and 2007. Then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven individuals that have won three races. David Pearson has 72, 73, 74. Buddy Baker, 75, 76, and 8. Davey Allison, 87, 89, and 1992. Dale Sr. in 90, 94, 99. Junior in 2002, 2003, 2015. And Brad Kozlowski in 09, 2012, and 2016. Darrell Waltrip, Carl Yarbrough, Kale Yarbrough, Mark Martin, and John Jimmy Johnson have won it twice. Waltrip in 77 and 82, Yarbrough in 78 and 84, Martin in 95 and 97, and Mr. Seven Time in 2006 and 2011. Yeah, I think that's what it was. So, that's just a little cool fact. Okay, so on this episode, right, not only am I going to mention every single winner from the race's inception, but we're also going to talk about some cool, memorable races that we have witnessed since 1971 when this race was first started so it's gonna be a great episode i'm excited i know you guys are excited i've watched a lot of these talladega races and uh it's gonna be a pretty cool episode stay tuned you don't want to miss it All right, all right, let's get into this. Let's start talking about some memorable races that a lot of you may remember or may not remember or you completely forgot. And talking about it brings back some great memories of some stuff that you have seen on TV or that you may have seen in person. But first, let's talk about Talladega and its uniqueness. I I didn't mention this before, but every other track, you know, the start-finish line is right there in the middle of that tri-oval. Not at Talladega. Talladega, you got to go past it. And you got to keep going a little bit. And that's how a lot of these races are won. On that last second pass. Right there towards the end. It makes for some exciting, exciting racing. France knew what he was doing when he built this track. He knew that it would bring excitement. Yes, Daytona is cool and all. But there's just something special about Talladega that everybody loves. All right, let's start talking about this. All right, 1971 saw the first Talladega race under Winston sponsorship. All right, Donnie Allison edged Bobby Allison and Buddy Baker for this win. This was Bobby's first race with Holman Moody since 1967. Wow. 1972, David Pearson escaped a crash between Bobby Isaac and Jimmy Crawford. Coming to the white flag, he grabbed his first Talladega win and second career win in a Wood Brothers Mercury. In 1973, we saw a massive accident that eliminated some 20 cars, leaving David Pearson to ride home almost uncontested. Jim Van Diver made up three laps to finish eighth. 
1974, Pearson grabbed his third straight Winston 500 and fourth straight for the Wood Brothers Racing. While a crash on pit road leads to grave injury to Don Miller of the Penske Racing Team, the lead changed an astonishing 53 times. In 1975, this race was filled with several accidents, featuring the first win for Buddy Baker since 1973 and the first Winston Cup Grand National win for team owner Bud Moore since 1971. Tragedy, however, struck on lap 149 when race leader Richard Petty pitted with a burning wheel bearing. His brother-in-law, Randy Owens, was killed when he fitted a hose to a pressurized water tank and the tank exploded. This lead changed 51 times. Five-time Formula One champion Juan Manuel Fangio was the honorary starter. In 1976, Baker became the first driver to win a 500-mile race in under three hours. He drove Bud Moore's Ford to the win in two hours, 56 minutes. Wow, that's 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 pretty, it's pretty great accomplishment right there. Considering most of these races last like almost four hours now. All right. 1977, the race produced 63 official lead changes in a four-car scramble. On the final lap, Daryl Waltrip had the lead, and on the last lap, swung low to break the draft. Kale Yarbrough blew past Donnie Allison and swung high on Waltrip. Waltrip sideswipes Kale, and Benny Parsons dove low and raced Kale all the way to the stripe. 1978 rain postponed this race until Mother's Day, Sunday. Kale Yarbrough drafted past Buddy Baker for the win. In 1980, Baker stormed past sophomore Dale Earnhardt, coming to the white flag for his final Talladega win. In 1981, Bobby Allison fought off a late challenge from Baker, Dare Waltrip, and Ricky Rudd. The race led lead changed six times in the final six laps. 1982, Benny Parsons posted the first 200-mile-per-hour qualifying lap in NASCAR history. The race led change, lead changed 51 times as Darrell Waltrip and Terry Labonte drafted past Parsons on the final lap. This race was also notable for the only race for a con artist using the name L.W. Wright, who finished poorly in a Music City racing effort. Then after several checks for a NASCAR license and car bounce, just disappeared. That's pretty... Pretty interesting. In 1984, the race has exceeded 40 official lead changes 18 times. In 1984, a motorsports record of 75 lead changes was set. This record was broken in 2010 as a lead change 81 time, 88 times. This record was tied in 2011. The race was won by Cale Yarbrough on a last lap pass of Harry Gott. 1985, Bill Elliott, awesome Bill from Dawsonville, came from nearly two laps down and ran down the field under green to take the win from Kyle. Let's have some coffee, Petty. Ooh, in 1987, on lap 22, Bobby Allison, driving the Stavola Brothers number 22 Buick, cut a tire and his car went airborne into the catch fence in front of the main grandstand. Some 100 feet of the fence was sheared off and Allison's car rebounded back to the track. The race was red flagged and track crews spent some two hours repairing the safety fence. Despite the wreckage, no drivers or spectators were seriously injured. As a direct result, the next Super Speedway race 
which was the 1987 Firecracker 400 at Daytona, saw the cars using smaller carburetors in an effort to curtail the speeds. And then we all know in 88, all races at Daytona and Talladega saw mandated carburetor restrictor plates, which were used until the introduction of a new aerodynamic package following the 2019 Daytona 500. Overshadowed by this frightening scene, however, was that this race would be the first victory for Bobby Allison's son, Davey. So there you have it. That's why they had restrictor plates for the longest time was that incident right there. 1988, Phil Parsons' single cup series victory, which was shadowed by an incident involving A.J. Foyt and Alan Kowicki that left Foyt indefinitely banned from NASCAR. 1990, Dale Earnhardt grabbed his first Talladega win since 1984, holding off a wild card bid by Greg Sachs. In 1991, the race was delayed until Monday due to Sunday rains. A massive battle for the lead erupted into a 20-car crash near halfway when pole sitter Ernie Irvin got into Kyle Petty and Mark Martin. Petty suffered a shattered leg when he was hit in the door by Chad Little. The race was red flagged for nearly an hour. Harry Gant won the race on a controversial drafting push by teammate Rick Mast, who was a lap down. Ooh, man, this just keeps going. There's so much great history. This is so much great history, but I know you guys enjoy it because you guys enjoy Talladega like I do. 1993. The last lap saw a ferocious scramble when Ernie Irvin stormed past Dale Earnhardt on the final lap. Rusty Wallace roared to third, then came down on Earnhardt, making contact in a trioval, sending Wallace flipping violently several times across the finish line, similar to his Daytona crash in the same year. The win was Irvin's final win for Morgan McClure Motor Sports. 1994, Dale Earnhardt won his race and dedicated to three-time Formula One world champion, Artan Senna, who died earlier that day in a crash at the 1994 San Marino Grand Prix in Amola, Italy. There are two consecutive big ones just past the midway point. The first one happened on lap 103 in a race for third place when Todd Bodine came down on Greg Sachs and spun it at Jeff Gordon. Three cars spun with Sachs escaping and collected eight other cars. Mark Martin had taken the worst hit as his car was collected, shot across the infield, struck the inside wall, and plowed into a guardrail, a chain-link fence, and lastly, caught by another guardrail, protecting the infield road course. Coming to a rest, feet from a spectator area. After the field bunched up for the restart, another crash occurred in the trioval when Terry Labonte, running 14th, was tapped from behind, starting a chain reaction crash, collecting at least 14 other cars in to turn one. In 1996, Sterling Marlin ra rallied from the back of the pack three separate times to take the win. The race saw two airborne crashes. Awesome Bill flew down the backstretch in the air and suffered a leg injury that sidelined him for several races. Later, Mark Martin was turned into the wall by Jeff Gordon and bounced into traffic. Ricky Craven tumbled up the turn one banking and hit the fencing before bouncing down to the ground. In 97, Mark Martin won the fastest NASCAR race ever ran at Talladega and the fastest NASCAR race in history when he averaged... 188.354 miles per hour in two and a half hours. 
In 2000, Jeff Gordon scored his 50th career win after starting the race from 36th place, the farthest starting spot ever at Talladega. In 2001, Bobby Hamilton won the race after passing Tony Stewart coming to the white flag. It would be Hamilton's final victory before his death in 2007. It was the second caution-free Talladega race ever and the first restrictor plate race since Dale Earnhardt's death. In 2002, Dale Earnhardt Jr. dominated the race, leading for 133 laps and took home his second consecutive Talladega win. And teammate Michael Waltrip finished second. The third time the DEI Chevrolets had finished 1-2 after the Daytona races of the previous year. The race, however, was marred by a 24-car crash on the back straightaway on lap 164 in the same location where a large crash had occurred the day before in the Bush race that had involved over 30 cars. It was the largest crash ever recorded in NASCAR Cup Series competition until the following year, which we're going to talk about right now, 2003. I remember this one. On lap four, the largest crash ever recorded in the NASCAR Cup Series happened when Ryan Newman, who had suffered a very violent blow over crash at Daytona earlier in the year, blew a tire and hit the turn one wall, causing a cloud of smoke that collected 27 cars in all. These included Mike and Rusty Wallace, Steve Park, Mike Skinner, Bobby Lou Bonnie, Johnny Benson, eventual race raider. Race winner Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tony Stewart, Ricky Rudd, Jeff Burton, points leader Matt Kenseth, and more. After multiple trips down pit road to repair damage to his car, Earnhardt Jr. made several rallies to the front, overtaking Kenseth with three laps to go to win his fourth consecutive Talladega race. This race, however, was not without controversy. After the 2001 spring race, thanks in part to protests, protest from Jimmy Spencer over Mike McLaughlin's blocking in the Bush Series race in 2001. NASCAR ruled that the yellow lines at the bottom of the track at Daytona and Talladega were an out-of-bounds line, with any car that drops below to gain a position to be immediately black flagged, unless they gave the position back or were first below it. As the cars reached the back stretch, Kenseth made a line, lane change going to the outside to block Jimmy Johnson. Earnhardt Jr. was on the inside and was drafting with Elliott Sadler when Kenseth started making a move low to attempt to block Earnhardt. Earnhardt's left wheels went well below the line, entering the apron of turn three as he passed Kenseth. NASCAR ruled that Earnhardt was forced below the line as the nose of his car had already passed the nose of Kenseth's car by the time Kenseth made the block, making it a clean pass. This even though Earnhardt was nowhere close to clearing Kenseth when he hit the turn three apron. What the rule was is supposed to prevent. Some sanctioned bodies such as the Indy Racing League would have called Kenseth out for violating the blocking rule. A driver may not make two lane changes on a straight, which is a penalty. The ethic against blocking, however, holds no weight in NASCAR given the gendered nature of the cars. The yellow line rule remained a controversial rule in the sport with subsequent, with subsequent controversies in the 2008 and 2020 autumn races. Following Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s 2003 win, Hendrick Motorsports won four straight, three by Jeff Gordon and one by Jimmy Johnson. I cannot say that damn word. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Man, it's, I, I wrote a lot of notes, so uh, just seeing all these notes and realizing I have to actually read them. Uh, yeah, anyways, let's go to uh, 
this one. Ugh. 2004, Jeff Gordon's win was marked by a spin-out by Brian Vickers with four and a third laps to go in the wake of a dangerous incident between Casey Mears and Dale Jarrett. The previous September at New Hampshire, the beneficiary rules adopted prohibiting racing back to the caution. One ruling of the beneficiary rule was that if a race went past the specific point, lap 183 in this case, five lappers remaining, and had a caution, they would not throw out the red flag and stop the cars to ensure a green flag finish. Dale Jr. was side-by-side -side with Gordon and attempted to pass on Gordon for the lead at the time of caution. Television replays, which override previous scoring loops when less than five laps remained, declared Gordon was still ahead. The race finished under yellow, and while Gordon did his victory burnout, enraged fans littered the track with garbage to protest the finish. It was believed that Vickers' crash and the subsequent cleanup would not have taken very long to clean up. This reaction following a similar fan bombardment of the track at Daytona International Speedway after the 20, 2002 Pepsi 400 ended under yellow would result in green-white checkered rule being instituted in the NASCAR Cup Series and Nationwide Series less than two months later. In 2009, a final battle to the finish between Brad Kozlowski and Carl Edwards ended a near disaster when Edwards' car made contact with Kozlowski while approaching the finish line and was hooked into the trioval apron. The car spun into the air and was hammered by Ryan Newman, sending Edwards flipping into the catch fence as Kozlowski and Dale Jr. finished across the finish line. The debris from the wreck injured eight spectators, all, all non-life-threatening. Immediately after the car came to rest, Edwards walked away unharmed after jogging past the finish line as an absurd homage to the finale of the 2006 racing comedy Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Kozlowski went on to win the race in only his fifth NASCAR Cup Series starts, undoubtedly one of the biggest upsets of the decade. There were two big ones in there during this race, one in turn three on lap seven involving 14 cars, and one on the back straightaway on lap 180 involving 11 cars. There were 56 lead changes among 25 drivers. 2010, which was called the greatest Talladega race ever by Darrell Waltrip. Throughout the race, there was a record 88 lead changes, breaking the previous record of 75 in the 84 Winston 500 and 87 of those in regulation. A record 29 different drivers held the lead at one point or another during the race, breaking the record set in the 2008 Amp Energy 500. Among the strongest cars throughout the day were Dale Jr., Denny Hamlin, David Rudiman, Jeff Burton, who led the most laps, Kyle Busch, A.J. Allmendinger, and Michael Waltrip. The new green-white checker rule was implemented for the first time to the maximum of three attempts. The first attempt because Jeff Gordon, Jeff Burton, and Scott Speed wrecked into the trioval on lap 182. The second attempt began when Joey Logano turned Ryan Newman loose in the turn three, and Newman ran into the wall, collecting Bobby Labonte, Elliot Sadler, Brian Vickers, Casey Kane, Marcus Ambrose, Sam Hornish Jr., and Brad Kozlowski. Third attempt happened when Jimmy Johnson was clipped by Greg Biffle and collided with the inside wall on the back straightaway. Jamie McMurray was the leader at each green-white checkered restart, and on the final lap, McMurray and Kevin Harvick pulled away. Coming through the trioval, Harvick pushed McMurray up the track and moved low. 
Unlike Carl Edwards the previous year, McMurray gave Harvick room, which allowed him to overtake uh, and win the race by a will. With an official margin of victory set at .012 seconds, this marked Harvick's first win since 2007 Daytona 500 amid contract talks for the 2010 season. Harvick's contract was renewed shortly afterwards. 2011. Classic right here. Saw a Hendrick Motorsports sweep at the top four starting positions with Jeff Gordon winning the inside pole and Jimmy Johnson taking the outside pole. During the race, Gordon and Johnson drafted respectively with Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt, who filled out the second row on the grid. The race set the record for most lead changes in regulation, tying the all-time record for most lead changes overall, but the 88th lead change took place on lap 188, the last lap of regulation. Unlike the previous year, Harvick's last lap pass on McMurray took place on lap 200, the final lap of the third green-white checkered finish, and also, and also tied the 2003 Carolina Dodge Dealers 400 for the closest NASCAR Cup Series finish in the electronic timing area, era of 1993 to present at 0.002 seconds. Coming into the trioval, Gordon was being pushed by Martin and dueling with Clint Boyer, who was being pushed by Kevin Harvick. Entering the trioval, Johnson pushed by Earnhardt Jr. Squeeze low to Gordon's inside. A brush between Earnhardt Jr. and Martin killed Martin's momentum, and Johnson was able to edge ahead of Boyer and Gordon to win. 2012. This was the first Talladega race after NASCAR mandated a smaller spoiler. Spoiler. And also radiator changes to induce a greater risk of overheating. Changes were made to break up tandem drafting. The lead changed only 34 times and drivers such as Jeff Gordon protested after the race that the rules package made them race too conservative. This race saw two crashes in the last 60 laps. One on lap 142 involving five cars in turn three caused by some cars running out of gas, and another in turn one during a late restart on lap 186 after Kurt Busch's spin in the trioval. In the final laps, a tandem draft of Brad Kay and Kyle Busch stormed into the lead. Kozlowski shook off Busch's bumper and blasted away to win by two car lengths, the first time in several years that the race win had not been decided by the last lap. In 2013, a green-white checkered finish set up a frantic final lap as front-row motorsports drivers David Reagan and David Gillen stormed from mid-pack to a 1-2 finish Reagan's second Cup Series win and his first with front-row motorsports. Teammate David Gillen finished second, giving FRM a 1-2 finish and its first NASCAR win. Matt Kenseth led 142 of the 192 laps, the most laps led at a Talladega race since Jeff Gordon led 139 in 2005. But was shuffled back on the final lap. The race was interrupted by a 3-hour, 36-minute long red flag for a rainstorm around lap 126, which pushed the end of the race into basically complete darkness. There were two big ones during the race. The first one in turn one on lap 43 involving 16 cars instigated by Kyle Busch, touching Casey Kane from behind, and another one at the end of the back straightaway on lap 182 involving 13 cars which saw Kurt Busch flip over and land on top of Ryan Newman. It was David Reagan's second win in the NASCAR Cup Series after winning 2011 Cup 0400 at Daytona driving for Roush Fenway Racing. 
This race is sometimes referred to as the Seven Hours of Talladega, as the field first received the green flag at 107 Eastern and finished at around 815 Eastern, causing NASCAR to do just a single attempt at a green-white checkered finish due to darkness. It was also NASCAR's first major test workout for their new Air Titan track drying technique, which did double duty, also working the nationwide race the day before. Nationwide race winner Regan Smith was in contention towards the end, but was shuffled back and finished sixth. 2014, Denny Hamlin clawed to his first win of the season in the first points paying restrictor plate race win. The race ended under yellow when Justin Allgaier, who rallied to challenge for the win in the final 30 laps, crashed with Alex Bowman, coming to the white flag. Dale Earnhardt Jr. leads 26 laps, but lost the lead draft in the final 20 laps and finished 26. Danica Patrick led 6 laps early, but faded the 22nd. The story of the race, however, was Brad Kozlowski. After spinning in the first turn following a, sh a stunt with Patrick, he lost Six laps early in the race with radiator problems. In the second half of the race, he was fighting to get a lap back. He spun out with 50 to go, and the crash involved some 11 other cars. Jeff Gordon and Matt Kenseth were very critical of Kozlowski's actions. A crash with 12 to go eliminated Kozlowski's teammate, Joey Logano. 2015, this race started at 1.20 p.m. The lead changed 27 times between 15 drivers. A multi-car wreck happened on lap 47 as 15 cars were involved. That brought out an 11-minute, 15-second red flag. Dale Earnhardt Jr. won his first race of the season. 2016, the race was started 20 minutes early due to the threat of rain in the area. After a 50-lap opening green flag run, the race itself was marred by 8 crashes, including 4 big ones. Of the 40 cars in the field, only 7 finished without damage. This included a wreck on lap 96 that saw Chris Buescher flip over 3 times on the back straightaway, a 17-car wreck in turn 1 on lap 162, and a 12-car wreck on lap 180 saw Matt Kenseth flip over on the back straightaway and strike the inside wall before turning back upright. Brad Kozlowski won his second race of the year as an eight-car wreck unfolded in the trioval. The lead changed 37 times between 17 drivers. 2017, the race was also notable because of the big one striking late and AJ Allmendinger going over on his roof with Chase Elliott almost going over and Danica Patrick hitting hard on the backstretch as she did in the spring 2016 race. This race was won by Ricky Stenhouse Jr., which was his first NASCAR Cup Series win. 2019, this race was the first at Talladega without restrictor plates since 1987, as NASCAR used a tapered spacer to restrict the engines instead. Chase Elliott won the race after a final lap crash resulting in Kyle Bush, or I'm sorry, Kyle Larson going airborne on the backstretch and flipping several times. And now that brings us to 2020. Ryan Blaney won in a photo finish in the most competitive running 57 official lead changes since 2011. The race had been delayed to Monday by rain and interrupted 60 laps in by more rain. But, however, a more serious metaphorical cloud came over the speedway when a garage door rope tied into a noose was found in the stall of Bubba Wallace the night previous. Support for Wallace came rapidly from the entire racing community. An FBI investigation was performed declaring Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. Wallace in the R. Richard Petty Motorsports 43 led one lap and was running fourth with three to go, but had to pit for fuel and finished 
15th. And those are some notable, notable, awesome, awesome races of the spring edition of the Talladega. I'm just talking about the spring edition. So if you guys are sitting there listening, like, he's missing a lot of stuff. Like Dale Jr. saying, you know, shit over the radio or over television. No, I'm not talking about the fall races. I'm just talking about spring Talladega. So those were some great moments. What was your favorite moment? Or maybe I missed a moment. Let me know on Facebook and we'll talk about them on Facebook. We'll be right back and we're going to talk the winners of the spring Talladega race. All right, let's go ahead and let's begin to close this special episode out. Let's talk about the past winners of the spring Talladega race. 1970, the very first time it was ran, Pete Hamilton of Petty Enterprises. 71, Donnie Allison of Wood Brothers Racing. 72, David Pearson of Wood Brothers. 73, David Pearson. And in 74, David Pearson. 1975 and 76, we saw Buddy Baker. In 1970, we saw Daryl Waltrip. In 78, Carol Yarbrough. In 79, Bobby Allison. In 1980, Buddy Baker. In 1981, Bobby Allison. In 1982, we saw Daryl Waltrip. 83, Richard Petty. 84, Carol Yarbrough. 85, Bill Elliott. In 86, we saw Bobby Allison. 1987, we saw Davy Allison. 1988, Phil Parsons. 89, Davy Allison. In 1990, we saw Dale Earnhardt. In 1991, Harry Gant. In 92, Davy Allison. In 1993, we saw Ernie Irvin. 94, Dale Earnhardt. 95, Mark Martin. 96, Sterling Marlin. In 1997, Mark Martin. 1998, Bobby Labonte. In 1999, Dale Earnhardt. 2000, Jeff Gordon. 2001, Bobby Hamilton. 2002, Dale Earnhardt Jr. 2003, Dale Earnhardt Jr. 2004 and 2005, Jeff Gordon. 2006, Jimmy Johnson. 2007, Jeff Gordon. In 2008, we saw Kyle Busch. 2009, Brad Kozlowski. 2010, Kevin Harvick. In 2011, Jimmy Johnson. 2012, Brad Kozlowski. 2013, David Reagan. 2014, Denny Hamlin. And 15, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And 2060, 2016, Brad Kozlowski. 2017, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 18, Joey Logano. 2019, Chase Elliott. And in 2020, Ryan Blaney. Who will we add to that list tomorrow for 2021? We will watch and find out. So be sure you check out tomorrow, the cup race on Fox, Talladega, the Geico 500. We will add another name for the spring list. That's right. I'm excited. I know all you guys are excited. I know everybody's excited. So make sure you go buy all your booze, buy your barbecue, whatever it is that you do to celebrate and to watch NASCAR races. If you're at the track tomorrow, Godspeed. Have a great time. Be safe. Have fun. Take some pictures. Make some memories because that's what it's all about. Once again, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this very, very special Talladega Spring Race episode. All right. I know it's kind of long, but hey, it's good to reflect and remember all the great memories that this race has brought us each and every year since 1970. 
I'd like to give a shout out to everybody on Facebook. Once again, go join all those groups. If you like Diecast, you know where to go because I've mentioned them all before. But big shout out to my man Cody DeForge over there at Racing City Sports Memorabilia for doing his thing. Make sure you join his group. Also like to send a shout out to my man BLT over there at Sandwich Man Racing. Make sure you check out the race. He is sponsoring. He is one of the sponsors for the uh, the special number 28 car that you're going to see out there in Talladega. So that's pretty, pretty special. Joey Gase is the driver, I believe. Yes. Um, so make sure you check that out. That's going to be cool. Um, yeah, guys. Enjoy the race. We'll talk Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, thanks once again for listening. As always, be safe, be kind. And remember, go chase. Oh, yeah. Hey, bold protection for tomorrow. It's going to be anybody. It's going to be anybody. Watch out for uh, Chris Busher. I think he's might might have a shot tomorrow. But we'll never know. Just find out and watch. Maybe we'll add him to the list. All right, guys and gals. Take care. We'll talk Tuesday. Peace and love.